0: Looking at us, that means it's Monday night once again. So here we are. This is episode 90, freaking eight of Snakes and Stogies, Uh brought to you by Puget Sound Pythons. If you look up in the corner above Phil's, what is that, his left shoulder on the screen, uh, check them out Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. They do have some videos on there that you should definitely check out. And there goes Phil. Um, good people. So Please give them a follow. They're doing a lot of really cool stuff. They're good people as well. So uh, we will wait for Phil to get back here. In the meantime, it's time to crack open this bad boy right here. We got to figure out what we're gonna do for episode one hundred. We've we've barely talked about it, and it's coming up quick. So we got to figure that out. If any of y'all have any ideas as far as what we should do for episode 100, feel free to let me know. Definitely have to smoke something good, something fancy. I'm, uh, I actually, so tonight I have, I probably should save this actually for the episode 100. It's a H. Upman Cuban Magnum 56, uh, Edition Limitada 2015. So I should probably actually go put this bag in my humidor and get something else because I should save this for episode 100. We should do a raffle too, though. I'm going to go swap this out, actually. I'll be right back. I just realized this is better for number 100 than randomly for number 98. I'm back. Oh. Morelia for an episode. We're, we're not at 100 quite yet. We're almost there. So, swapped out that um, H. Upman. Let me see. Phil texted me. He's probably restarting his computer. He said, I got no audio at all out of the Mac. The one time we're both like, we started a little early. Um, Hey, it is what it is. Yeah, it's hard to believe that... uh, those Romeo and Juliet Nicaraguas are, are good. Um, Bill won some of those in the chat. Um, so I swapped this out for a Caldwell last czar instead of the H. Upman Cuban. I'll save that Cuban for episode 100. I've never actually had a Cuban in that bigger gauge like that, so it's going to be interesting. I've always had them in like smaller sizes like Coronas. That big toe is about to break through. These socks are old, man. At least he has socks on. Nice. It's freaking peanut gallery. Yeah, uh, so episode 100 is coming up, and then episode 150 of THP is actually not far out. Um, next year is going to be... Four years of THP and THN. Can you hear us now? What, Raggy? Philip. Philip. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me?
1: I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay it's lagging out super bad on my end, which doesn't make any sense because I have full service and full signal and full everything. So hello. What's happening? It figures the one time I'm 10 minutes. I early. know
0: the one time we're both. That's what I just said is like the one time we're uh, both like here and and going
1: legit here and going.
0: It's just, you're not meant to to be on time, buddy.
1: Apparently not. How's my audio? Does it sound okay?
0: It sounds perfect.
1: Excellent. Wonderful. Hello, everyone. Oh, I think this Mac might be on its last leg. And Is it the, it's do, the old one? It's the old one. And I, yeah. I restarted the computer. I The computer was off. I restarted the computer, and it still wasn't doing it. So then I started to do like the test music for uh, StreamYard. Mm-hmm. You know, you can like test it and make sure it's, yeah, like, everything's, and it's super yeah, obnoxious yep. and it didn't play anything. And I was like, oh, shit. So uh, I just did it and everything's good. And uh, man, we got a full house tonight. Look at that. Mm-hmm. I like it. Um. Did we do any of our normal intro stuff yet?
0: I did. Excellent.
1: All right. Well, then I'm going to so... mute myself for a second so I can get some videos and stuff ready because okay. clearly this computer does not want to work. So I'll be right back. Excuse me.
0: Uh, Speaking of Macs, I had to do a factory reset on mine. And so I spent the better part of today and some yesterday. Um, Actually, no, it was. Saturday. Um, Literally re up, like making my Mac the way it was before I did the factory reset. And the reason I did that Is because my old Apple ID, I'd been completely locked out of that account because I guess I had tried the wrong password too many times. And then like I couldn't remember my security questions. And then the rescue email is an old email that was from like when I was playing music in a band. And that was the band email and no email was getting sent to that. So I talked to Apple support and they're completely useless. They pretty much tell me they have no idea what my rescue email is because it's not right in front of them you know, why would it be, you know, on the back end of a, one of the most technologically advanced companies in the world and they can't tell you what your rescue email address is. So you can have an idea of which one to be checking. Uh, and I couldn't even sign out of my Apple ID as it's signed in on this, this Mac. Cause I had to have my password. And when I put in my password, it's like, you've been locked out. So completely just 100%. Locked out of my Apple ID account. So I had to factory reset this. I created a new one. And that's what I'm working with now. And I had to go through and. Uh, re like. Redownload all the fonts that I use in the magazine. Uh, thank God. I saved the. Uh, InDesign files for each issue. So that I didn't have to completely restart from scratch. You know with the presets. And, and everything with the magazine and InDesign. I had that ready to go. And salvaged, so it's been a pretty irritating uh, bit of work just to just to be able to log in and out of my uh, Apple ID. And originally, I was doing it so i can get stats from iTunes for the podcast. But now I don't even. I'm gonna have to figure that out tomorrow as to if I can even get that data transferred over to this Apple ID. Uh, long story short, this is why I use. Samsung phones, and the only Apple thing I use is this, because their computers are awesome, but the whole whole thing was just a, a fiasco, and I've been locked out of that Apple ID account for a couple months now, and I only just now recently got around to actually doing something about it. Uh, just absolute clusterfuck.
1: Well, I can confidently say that I've never had an issue with any Apple product, um, except for when it's like past its warranty, so to speak. I mean, metaphorical warranty. You know what I mean? And uh, when they die, they die, man. They
0: go hard. Yeah, but they so, they paid their dues. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I think I think my that app that old Apple ID was like a worst case scenario of like I couldn't remember the answers to the security questions because those were from like high school. I couldn't remember the email for the recovery, you know, I didn't, I couldn't remember the password which I, that I was sure had never changed, but I must have misentered it enough times for it to be like, yeah, dude, you're done. So, yeah. <sighs> but it's pretty much back to normal now. I think I got everything uh, back to where I want it. So. Good,
1: good. Uh, how's the weather by you?
0: it's cold and awesome that's good
1: this is the first time i've seen you wear socks in like nine months
0: yeah it's uh it's just we had the whole nor'easter thing so the last couple days it's been really windy and really rainy and really gross and yeah i like the cold so i'm i'm happy with it but well good you're
1: I'm still waiting for mine. I actually, uh or I actually hoodie? was thinking, I was like, man, the the actual hoodie, the the ASF oh, hoodie. Okay. You I, cut I you cut well. out when you said that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not. Good. Yeah, so I'm waiting for my hoodie to come in, and uh, but I knew you were going to wear yours tonight, so I found the next best thing, color scheme wise. I got my Tiki's Geckos shirt, nice, which matches. So. So yeah, what's new with you, pal?
0: Um, preparing to start cooling some stuff down here in, in, a, in the next probably two weeks, maybe a little sooner. I'm going to start putting nice. some stuff in cooling. I actually, I have my little Govi unit here in the garage. I'm trying to see what sort of temperatures we're dealing with here throughout the night and throughout the day. So I can put stuff in here if I need to, because the closet, I, I put that same... Uh, brick in my closet and it only got down to like 64. So that worked last year, but I want to get them cooler Excellent. than that. So we'll see if, if putting them in here will be okay. Cold. It's mostly like the extreme cold that I worry about, you know, come like January yeah. and stuff. That's, that's where I mostly worry, but I don't know. We shall see. You got a lot of stuff lined I up. Got some bairds. I got the dions. Well, like like um, pairing wise, okay. Yeah, yeah. I got two pairs of the locality corns from here in my area. Um, I think the bimaculata. I need to make sure that those are of age and that they are what I was told they are, because they're considerably smaller than the the dions, but they're supposed to be adults. So okay, we'll have to see there. And the thorn scrubs because yeah, they don't get that big, right? I mean, I'm not in the in relation to like other LaFe and stuff. No, not really. Right. So, we will see. We're getting there. Um that's about it. I'm going to start working on the next issue of the magazine this week now that we have pretty good amount of content to be able to comfortably fill one up. Um, Not I We haven't really made any sort of formal like announcement, but the magazine is basically instead of going month to month. Now we've decided to make it like issue to issue. If that makes any sense. Um, doing it monthly is is great and all, but it's also extremely stressful, especially when it's a, a feast or famine kind of situation when it comes to content for these issues. So Phil and I have decided that that's probably the best, at least stressful path to go down. So
1: yeah. Plus I think I would, I think everyone can agree that it would be better to have, it would be better to have a better issue with better content than to just try and scrape some stuff together. You know, we want to keep it as, as awesome as we can and uh and it'll, it'll probably still be you know monthly in, in in one manner of speaking, but but it's not going to be every single you know the seventh the fifteenth of the yeah, month.
0: So, yeah. and I mean we're two months in, we're like well right. not two months we're two years into it, so it just
1: builds more room for anticipation. No,
0: yeah. well, we're still working out some of the finer details as far as that and getting you know, the bills paid for that. If we're not, if income or whatever, things are gonna get irregular as far as schedule wise, making sure all the bases are covered. So figuring it out, but it's been a struggle for me. Cause I'm like, the reason we did it monthly is like, I put it on a deadline mostly for me because I wanted to, if I gave myself too much leeway, I was gonna get lazy. And so the whole deadline and stuff of monthly was for me mostly and just wanting to drop it and drop it and drop it. Um, So this is going to be a little strange. It's going to be an adjustment because I'm so used to having that like, okay, the first week off of the month is usually just kind of hanging out, doing a little bit of work with it. And then that second week, that's when we start gathering. And that third and fourth week is when it's like design and hammer it out and get it out and, Repeat. So not being on that now is going to be pretty big uh, adjustment. But what are you smoking upon this eve? I can't tell if he's frozen or not, Philip. Oh, you're moving. There you go. You're alive. There's a
1: lag. It's a really bad lag. Yeah, what's, what's crazy is it looks totally normal and sounds totally normal until I and do anything, and then and it just locks up on me. So I may wind up, if this keeps up, I don't want it to short our show, so I may just swap laptops and risk damaging the good one. Um, as far as smoking tonight, I went with another oddball from that one company, The Good Cigar Company. Uh, mm-hmm. It's actually The Rove, and this is a Nicaraguan Maduro, and it's not going to show, oh. but. The rove. So real dark. Um, we'll see how she lights. So beef torch zippo is also on its last leg because it won't. Oh, well, now it works great. Anyway, I'm about a thousand and I children. <laughs> and what's Bill talking about? Catfish nuggets.
0: Nice.
1: What do you got a deal on
0: catfish nuggets. So I'm smoking. I was originally going to light up, so today I got a H. Upman uh, cube in the Magnum 56. It's like the 2015 edition. Someone gave them to Raj, and Raj gave me one. Nice. And I was going to smoke that, and then I started talking about the 100th episode, and I looked at it and said, what am I doing? Why am I not saving this for episode 100? And I went and swapped it out for this Caldwell Lazar um nice nice and they're good i, I, give I mean the, the, Caldwell, the man i really can't the last yeah the last time i had one of these though i really was kind of not all that impressed it was uh, it was fresh out of the box but now they've had some time to sort of air out a little bit it's definitely definitely better than i remember it being so
1: nice i actually um So this past Wednesday, I got my inspection, my annual inspection from Florida Fish and Wildlife, the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission, or FWC, as we call them. And uh, once a year, they come by.
0: Damn it. You froze again. I don't know if you can hear me. Bark twice if you're in Milwaukee. he gone he's going to kick him and he's probably going to switch uh so i mentioned the um plans for breeding this upcoming season the akis are settling in really well they're starting to the female especially is really starting to put on some size like they're, they're growing quick um i started sort of getting feeder colonies of stuff together i started doing some mealworms super worms um wax worms which are surprisingly easy to culture i just learned um for some reason, I thought they were a little more difficult, but they're not. It's just some sort of moth, and you peep them on a substrate of, like, oats and honey mixed up in a certain ratio. And they kind of do the rest, and then got a dubia colony going again. So as they grow, they'll have a nice sort of variety of stuff to ch- uh, eat on. And I gave them some scrambled eggs yesterday, and they, they went ham on those things man it was just one egg and i just chopped it up nice and put in their bowl and they were all about it it was actually really really funny to watch because within a minute you know i I put it in i kind of walked out the room and i walked back in a couple seconds later from filling up i think the water filter or something and a little male was just in that bowl all about it so they're doing really well they're putting on size um Yeah. So I've been, I've been doing a lot of contemplating as far as if I want to pair up all the stuff that I have planned to pair, I'm thinking I'm probably going to go ahead and do it. Um, if I end up with too much stuff, you know, there's plenty of, plenty of animals that I'll donate to raffles or for here in the snakes and stogies raffle for the people that aren't cigar smokers, uh, finally have something to, to give there. Um, yeah, so if you have any interest in thorn scrubs, some bears, rats, corn snakes, deons, um, maybe bimaculata, I don't know yet. Uh, let me know. The Loma Alta bears will be paired up. Those are the only thing that's going to be iffy, because however many I end up with after you know hatching and, and feeding stuff and whatnot um, If I have enough to... If I have extras, then those will go up somewhere. But if I don't, I'm going to hold on to all of them. So, yeah, Mike said about time. I've had the Paraloma Altas since the 2019 Carpet Fest. Southeast Carpet Fest, I think it was. So, I've been raising those up since they were little. I've got the same pair that produced the clutch I got this year and we'll I don't I'm contemplating pairing a different male with that female um, I've got time to decide you know stuff's gonna go down for the next couple of weeks this here soon so we'll figure that out um, thorn scrubs I'm just gonna give those a shot and I know there's been some people interested in those. So we'll see what happens there. The corns I'm super excited about. I'm going to have a pair of the Ladies Island localities again. It's going to be the same female, but a different male. And then the other pair is going to be the male from the clutch that produced this clutch this year. He's going to a female from the mainland, quote unquote, um, not one of the barrier islands, but still Beaufort County. So they will still be county. County specific, just not like hyper specific to the, the islands. At least one pair won't. So I'm excited about that. Um, it won't be until 2023, so not this spring coming up, but the following one. That I'm, I'll have way more going on as far as birds. I'll have a lot more females ready to go. So I'm pretty excited about that. Um, hoping that I will be back to breeding chondros. This time next year, as well. Um, the meal morums are Nueces County, collected by Chris Payne-Shab and sent to me. So, the male's a really nice light color. He's got a little bit of aberrancy in the pattern. The female's kind of the typical dark, uh, chocolatey looking, Emery Eye sort of deal. Uh, both are. Complete assholes. So, I expect nothing less from their offspring. But they're cool. I mean, they're they're handsome snakes. I know some people like Emery. I are kind of people are sort of yeah. meh about them, but they really are kind of like the bears. You know, they are very handsome snakes when you see them in person. Like you see pictures, and yeah, they're nice and all, but it's not until you see them firsthand that you see the iridescence and stuff. Uh, and then Dylan asked, Are you looking to go a certain direction with your corns or keep them looking wild? I'm gonna plan on doing a little bit of both, honestly. I'm really anxious to, to plug the, the F1 stuff into some of the morphs and see kind of what happens and um I also wanna see it and play with it with some of the, the Tesserus stuff and some of the other things I've got I've got in the works as far as grow outs and, and things that I'll be breeding that's morph wise, so Plan to do do both, kind of like Billy does with his with his green tree, with his Carpondros. So he still has the carpandros, but he also still has his you know uh, line specific projects. And if he has a spare male from one side and a spare female from something else, he'll throw them together. But he still has his core core group. So, but I'm definitely planning on Celeste as far as the wild type stuff and keeping it that way. I'm definitely aiming to. Selectively breed and hold back stuff. Uh, I have four holdbacks from that first clutch. They're coloring up really good. Um, kind of went through and picked like some of the two of the lighter ones, and then two of the darker ones. And they're I can't tell if they're gonna look more like mom or look more like dad by by the time they get older. They're kind of look like they could go either way. So it's gonna be interesting to see. But definitely planning to to play around with that long term and and keep some holdbacks from each clutch. And uh, it'll be good. And then that same female that I planned to pair with that Island male, I've got a really nice um, Het sunkiss male that I really want to put with her because they both have those nice, super dark, super thick saddle borders. And I really want to extrapolate on that some. And then the other big project as far as corns go that i'm that i'm super anxious about is just my pair of the honey motley female and the honey tessera that i got from jt that's like t- at least two years out from actually happening and that's assuming nothing happens between now and then with those animals um that's gonna look really cool those are two of my favorite corns that i have uh, so putting them together only makes sense down the line i bought so i got the the honey tessera male. And then when we were in Columbia, I saw the honey motley, which is, in my opinion, one of the most interesting-looking corn morphs out there. Um, got a female, and they've been eating like crazy. The female took a little bit of time to kind of get going, and now she's on track. And the honey tester has been rock solid since day one because JT's the man. Um, and like I said, bared stuff. I've got a lot growing up. for for next season. Um, Chris and I have a pair of the head anneries from Tim Spuckler. And so, within the next three years, those will be ready to go, and we're super excited about that. Um, That was the only pair of the head anneries released that I'm aware of. So, we snatched those up, and A lot of stuff on the docket. How's my audio? It's good. Do you switch computers? Yes, I switch computers. Yeah, I figured. As soon as he froze, I was like, he's gone. He's gone and he's going to switch.
1: Yep, and now like my white balance is all funky and I look like I have yellow skin. You look like you have jaundice. I do. I look like I have jaundice. And uh, the other thing, too, is because I never used the original, the OG link that you gave me for StreamYard on this particular computer. I don't have any controls anymore. Uh-oh. I'm back. I'm back to being like a guest. So whatever, ah, but I'm back and I'm here and you can hear me and I can hear you and there's no lag and life is good. I like it. Mm hmm. So what did I miss?
0: Uh, I was just talking about sort of future breeding projects within the next two or three years. Cool. You know, some of the corn stuff I've got growing up and the uh, bairds. Oh.
1: Nice. Excellent. Oh, so I was trying to show this photo. Uh, somebody, I don't remember if it was the Snakes and Stogies Facebook group or someone's personal page uh, post. Somebody was like, "Show off your reptile room." And I didn't, because my reptile room' has been in disarray for so long, and I still need to play Tetris with Anna Maria, but I did immaculate cleaning of it, so for my inspection. So I figured, why not share it with the world? <clears throat> what is this? Google Chrome would like to record this computer screen. No.
0: I have to do
1: the screen share. You have to to screen share? I'm
0: pretty sure
1: you do, yeah. Chrome has lost permission to capture your screen. That's so screwed up. Oh,
0: man. Oh. Old man wolf. I just really, can't win tonight. You really torpedoed this one there. Yeah, no so this- kidding.
1: Why, why does Google need to record my screen? It's,
0: it's the same reason it asks you to use your mic and camera, dude. Oh, my God. Gross. All right. How do I? <sighs> All right. Okay. yeah this is a good cigar it's to the point now where we get new stuff at work and I actually try not to smoke it as soon as we get it in and I open a box like now I kind of because I notice a lot of times when you pull one straight out after taking the plastic off and smoke one they just they don't seem to taste very good but if you give them at least a week just to kind of mellow out, it really does seem to do them do them some justice. So, how did your inspection go?
1: It uh it went with flying colors, um, quick and painless as it always is. Uh, my inspector was a little. Uh, taken back by the volume i've increased over the past year but he's cool man he's not really a snake guy um he really doesn't know a lot about snakes he just knows the laws so he checks and makes sure that everything's cool i was actually concerned that he was going to give me a hard time about not having water bowls with any of the serastis um but he saw them clear as day and didn't say anything so maybe i'm not the first person to you know have an arid species that doesn't want a water ball. Um but yeah, it went quite well and uh sometimes it's a 20 minute process, sometimes it's a 40 minute process. It depends on how much BSing you do or how much, you know, <laughs> violations you have, but he was actually really, really 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 impressed with the cloud forest design anti-venom labels that I had drawn up. Um nice. he thought he thought that was brilliant. So, yeah. And, and he's like, oh, look, there's like a little map and everything. I was like, yeah, man, the Cloud Forest Design does a hell of a job, you know. Um, forgive me, I'm still trying to fix this issue.
0: System preferences. While you were away, I also mentioned how yesterday I gave the Aggies some scrambled eggs and they went nuts. Nice. They were all about it. The females growing quick. I mean, they're both growing a lot, but that female in particular, like she's she's definitely put on size just within the last what three weeks, two weeks. That I nice. Them. I freaking love them though. They're. I I really was overthinking them the whole thing because they just they're they've been a no issues so far some they'll eat off the tongs for me if i kind of hide my hand a little bit and they're doing they're doing well <clears throat> i want to try another brand aside from these govies though 'Cause for whatever reason, like I have the app open right now and I'm trying to read the the brick that's literally right next to me and it's taking forever to load. And I wonder if the sensor pusher are any better. I know that's the ones that Andy likes to use. What time is twenty fifty two? Military time. Is that eight? Cool. It is fifty seven in here right now. And dropping. Jesus. That's what I thought. I'm just going to have to freaking cut out this first 40 minutes. Running out of things to talk about. Just sit here and stare at each other. Andy, do you find that the, uh, Yeah, Dom asked, does the of Push send you notifications even when the app isn't open? I don't, don't you have to have like the Wi Fi extender or something like that with those? Like there's a separate, separate unit you have to buy to make them Wi Fi compatible to where you can check in on them wherever.
1: <sighs> Give it up, man. No one's gonna listen to this. <laughs> no one's gonna—they'll be like, "Wow, Phil's lost his rocker." No one's gonna listen to this. All right. Uh, were you asking me something? Because I had everything turned off.
0: Nope.
1: Okay. Never mind. Well, here's the stupid picture of the room, in case anyone actually cared. <clears throat> I Justin, that. I have to, yeah. add, don't I? Unless you want to send me a new link. Yeah. So there's my room. Anticlimactic. I plan on moving more visions and stuff to. Uh, Justin, I can stop it if you want. Um, I plan on moving more visions to that one wall that's in the center. Um, and then probably adding some some racks onto the far right wall to the right of the window, the way you see it. But yeah, that's the room in case anyone was curious.
0: So, for some reason, I was thinking it was smaller. Uh, the picture makes
1: it look bigger than it is. Um, it's it's a standard bedroom size room, you know. So, and uh, there is a, a massive closet, but it is filled to the brim with crap that's not mine. (laughs) nor my uh nor my roommates so we uh, actually sealed the doors shut and then taped the all the gaps up with packing tape like industrial packing tape so that way god forbid something slipped out it wouldn't go into that closet for crap you know so but luckily i had the room inspected prior to any cages or furniture racks or anything in there so fish and wildlife has deemed it escape proof which is awesome So now I can just kind of do whatever I want in the room. And because it's escape proof, I don't have to have locks on certain cages. So like I have tubs with ring calls in them and stuff like that. And as long as they're labeled and, you know, secured, I don't have to have a locking mechanism on a, on a, a a
0: gasket tub, you know? So word (sighs) on the street is that South Carolina lawmakers are going to be meeting Again, within the next, I think, week or two. To circle back to the venomous laws that they tabled.
1: Great. So, all right. Any idea of what those might be?
0: I, I don't honestly. I, I'm expecting the worst. Yeah, it's probably a safe assumption. It's unfortunate. It's, it's getting increasingly hard to get behind the venomous community. Damn, son. Like, nothing is working tonight. You really struggling. Yeah. <laughs> what a freaking train wreck.
1: Yeah. Well, I, we're fucking I was... 40... 45 minutes in i might as well tell the fucking surprise
0: yeah go ahead i I mean how many people while you you were gone i was like yeah i'm just gonna i'm gonna cut the first 40 minutes out
1: yeah uh (laughs) god bless you so how many people are watching this right now 20 good so those 20 people right now are gonna get the first taste of a super top secret project that some of you may have actually stumbled across on Facebook or not Instagram. Um, I didn't realize that when you make a new Instagram page, it tells everyone that you might know. So the page already has a handful of followers, even though there's no posts. I haven't advertised it, nor have I told anyone shy of maybe four or five people in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you're probably gonna have to share this one again, Justin. Sorry to make you have to lean over again.
0: If only I had a damn dongle thing where I could just have my mouse.
1: (laughs) So let me screen share this. All right. Can everybody hear me okay? Yes. All right. Well, without further ado, here is what you've all been waiting for
0: Jurassic Park.
1: Pretty much. So, I let me saw plug them. my headphones back in so I can hear what the hell's going on.
0: You put the THN logo in there?
1: Yeah, I had to, bro. I had to rep the brand.
0: Well, I wasn't sure because you had mentioned before. Y'all kind of went back and forth on making it independent or.
1: So, well, yes. And uh, so that, ladies and germs, uh, is the new venomous wing of. THN and the occasional MPR. uh, Venom Exchange Radio, a new podcast out by yours truly, co hosted with the one and only Mr. Nipper Reed. That's right. Me and Nipper have our own show, Everyone Run for the Hills. And uh, we have several people lined up that everyone's going to want to hear. Uh, Some people that have been on. Podcast before some people that have never been on podcast before. Um, I will say this: uh, we're going to wait a few more weeks to put some more episodes under our belt before I actually put it out straight up into the ether, as Bill Bradley would say. And uh, if you want to go check it out, uh, there's is an Instagram page. It's the it's Venom Exchange Radio on Instagram. There's nothing posted yet, but there will be. Um, our I can offer. I can honestly say, our first. Human guest is the Club King, Mr. Kyle Vargas. So I'm very excited to air that one. Uh, Nipper and I kind of talked to him a little more about field herping and uh, some of the stuff that he's done in outside of the room itself. Because when we had him on THP, he was it was very much a a, a, a culture show. We wanted to kind of expand on that a little bit. And uh, Nipper and I are very, very excited. So, figure I'd just give you a little taste. As you should be. Yep. Um, Because we have such great friends and great followers, uh, I'm going to say this Wednesday, this coming Wednesday, so in 48 ish hours, I'm going to debut the intro to the Venom Exchange Radio, which I'm quite proud of. It's silly. It's very much Nipper and I, and uh, and we'll slowly start to leak out a few things here and there until I get a couple more episodes, and then we'll go full mainstream. So anybody the, who uh, wants...
0: What's the length on them? Like, how long are y'all making them or trying to keep them to... Uh, we're kind of winging it for right now. It depends
1: on who we have on. Um, the first episode is right around an hour. Okay. Um, but the episode with Kyle is well over two hours, so... We'll try and, try and keep it normal for people. Um, but there's going to be. How that... hard
0: has it been making time schedules work with Nick uh, being it so sucks. far in the future? Yeah. yeah
1: it, uh, if Unless it is in the. Unless it's like noon my time. Yeah. It's very, very hard. And luckily, he's been working late. Uh, so he gets off late. So okay. instead of going straight to bed, he stays up a little bit for me and, and, and whoever else. Um, but we have some amazing guests that people are going to poof when we finally get them on. That's going to be awesome. Um, and then at the same time, a bunch of people that I didn't even know existed. So Nipper like is over a,
0: in his. his Oh, yeah. Him? His yeah. his realm. You know, um, he's in the UK for people that don't know.
1: Yeah. So uh, people that uh, that I've never heard of uh, people that don't have social media and they've just been in it for a long, long time.
0: Mm-hmm. So. Nippers in London.
1: But we're very, very excited, and you guys hear those sirens?
0: Yeah, boys. I do. In the
1: I just can't win tonight, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, Venom Exchange Radio, uh, anything and all things venomous. Uh, we're going to cover it all. Mo- mostly snakes. Let's be real. Uh, snakes, uh, some inverts, some mammals. Maybe who knows? The sky is the limit. So, Venom Exchange Radio, check it out. Coming to a earbud near you. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I was on Reptile Fight Club this week. You were? I want to talk about that. I haven't had
1: a chance to listen to it yet just because it's work.
0: not even up yet. So oh
1: okay. Yeah, because I know uh, Scott was a little a little upset. I hadn't listened to his yet.
0: <laughs> I listened to that, yeah. I finished that one yesterday. And it was it was everything I would expect. From a taxonomy and Scott Iper episode, Scott. Nice. Scott getting debates got a little heated.
1: I can imagine because not you know, him in like and, a, him a disrespectful
0: and way, but he they were some like, where is that idea coming from in your brain? I want to know, and I want to know why now.
1: Right, right. And I mean, you and I know personally that him and Doc Julander they go way back, especially on that topic. So
0: yeah, yeah, it was good. And then it, it, it's. Not, so we recorded my episode before that one even came out. And so it turns out, you know, that episode started us talking about the use of scientific names in the hobby and whether or not it should be more of a norm or not. And of course, by the end of that, that episode, we were pretty much it just evolved into like taxonomy and sort of all my gripes with it. And so hopefully that'll be coming out soon, but it was, it was a, uh, it was a good show. It was a good time. That's the first time I'll talk to Chuck Poland
1: so yeah he seems like a great guy
0: i enjoyed it and i mean dr julander's awesome you know oh yeah i get to talk to him i I really enjoy it
1: yeah man he's he's a trip he's (laughs) he's hilarious (laughs) so good stuff man yeah i definitely want to listen to that i'm uh i'm going to be driving up to the tampa repticon this coming sunday to meet up with billy casey and Vic. um and I obviously, it's a, about a three hour drive. So I try and I'm gonna try and bang out a couple podcasts on the way because I have been definitively slacking on that front. So
0: <clears throat> Dominique asked a question. So I put up the community poll for the magazine. Each issue, I try to put up a little community, just some question that I'm curious about people's thoughts and where they're at. And the uh, question that I just put up today was, how do you know, do you keep up with taxonomy and changes? And it was like, yes, no. And then I only threw other people. So I put only through other people because usually when I hear about something, it's from someone in our group or one of our doctor friends. Right. Um, But Dom asked, how the fuck do you keep up with them? I feel like I just hear it from you guys. I don't know how to follow it myself. And I mean, really, unless you're actively searching for it, which I feel like a lot of people probably aren't, you know, once a week or Every other week, going through and googling on Google Scholar or something, looking for a certain genus and any changes. Um, anytime I see stuff like that, I try to share it on the on the platform so people kind of see it and can sort of get what they want from it. But yeah, some of it is very under the radar. Some of it's not exactly breaking news or, or important news, given everything else going on in the world on a on a daily basis. So a lot of it kind of flies under the radar, and it seems like a lot of it we don't really notice as a as a community until couple months after it's already been published and and known. So Yeah. I don't know. I put you know I, I hear it through other people because that's just how it happens. So
1: yeah, yeah. And I think it, it comes down to your friends know what you like. And I can't tell you how many times friends, whether it be you or Billy or Nipper send me a, a link to something that I had no idea it existed, brand new, maybe, maybe it was a couple months old, maybe it was a couple days old. And they're like, hey, man, Phil likes Telescopus. This just came out. Boom, yeah. you know, and just kind of go from there. So the, the word of mouth is extremely helpful. And if you ever find yourself stumbling across something that you think somebody in our friend circle or your own friend circle may like, then shoot it over to them, you know? and just uh share the knowledge you know uh what's funny is talking about taxonomy and fight club and the ipers so uh, a few years back marco shea put out a book review on a, a book that's very dear to me called naming the shrew and i actually did a, a herbiculture magazine you did uh, book review on it right so uh, Scott and Ty had not heard of the book. So I told him, I was like, dude, you, you got to get this book. It's, it's, it's a little rudimentary for their level of taxonomy, but fu- a fun book nonetheless, because it basically breaks down and laymanizes a lot of the uh, scientific nomen- nomenclature and taxonomic nomenclature and why things are the way they are. Why is the, the genera always capitalized and the mm-hmm. specific not capitalized? You know why are certain things in italics and certain things are not? Um, how to give credit when credits due and it, it breaks it down in a in a uh, an, an etymology that's fun and not mundane. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I guess Scott finished the book and then he gave it to Ty or vice versa, and she sent me a screenshot. They shirt. rip it apart? No, 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 not at all, <laughs> not at all. But she sent me a a picture of one of the pages. There's a section called "The Names There Are." right and i think it's like chapter 2 or chapter 3 and there's one paragraph that's the end of the section and she just sends me the picture it says don't tell this to scott or something to the actually let me see exactly what she said cuz it was funny she said
0: uh... <laughs> let me see if it's on i'm looking on if it's on amazon right now
1: uh, 100% it is uh, so she says for when scott corrects you next with a laughing emoji and i was like what is this cuz scott he does correct me on my taxonomy from time to time and he's one of the only people in the world that I genuinely appreciate it. You know what I mean? Because he's not doing it to be malicious or to you know be snooty. He's doing it to expand our minds, right? But this this paragraph, it just speaks so much volume to how we are as Herpers and animal enthusiasts. All right. If if I may.
0: It's it's on Amazon and it's 1658 for the hardcover, 1587 for the paperback, just so everyone knows. There you go.
1: Yeah. Naming the Shrew, an amazing book. It's on so, my birthday wish list. Excellent, excellent. We'll see, uh, we'll see if I get you for Secret Santa. So it says, uh, should you ever face the necessity of pronouncing Latin names in public, my heartfelt advice is to use straightforward intimidation and do so very loudly and with enormous confidence. If they know of the organism concerning they will more likely know what you mean and will assume it was they who had always mispronounced it in the past.
0: <laughs> Say it with confidence and no one will question it.
1: Exactly. And everyone knows it's not nephrus. It's Nepurarus. There you go.
0: Yeah, we, we talked about that at the Fight Club episode too was the whole pronunciation thing. And I was like, you know, unless you, are, you have a degree in Latin... Right. I'm not going to fault someone for not, for, for, you know, we talked like crotalus and crotalus. A lot right. of it's just people emphasize a different syllable. So, yeah. Whatever. You know? Yeah, I mean,
1: don't get me wrong. I say crotalus because I, that's what I say. I say crotalus.
0: Breadly, breadly.
1: It's not, it's not T-A-S. Tomorrow. It's not crotalus. It's crotalus. You got to drop that, that U, crotalus people are going to look at you like you're a weirdo if you're at the reptile show, and you go, yeah, man, uh, uh, how much for the Crotalus? <laughs> the
0: snap of a camel crush.
1: Yes. This microphone picks up everything. It's, it's, it's a blessing and a curse. So, we covered my atrocities. We covered... Your recent endeavors in other podcasts. And uh, we announced the Venom Exchange Radio with myself and Nipper, Uh, all of which was done in about 10 minutes (laughs) because my life is falling apart to shambles. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, I actually had I had a bunch of photos lined up for tonight. I had some videos lined up for tonight. Let me see if I can try and recover some of this crap.
0: For what? just like to
1: just to talk and to
0: just stuff. just
1: just stuff you know just stuff to go over um I finally got the the when I got the antiven labels for my room I also got them for underground's new retail room so excuse me I figured I was going to show those off um and uh Anna Marie and I took a trip to Henry's and took some great pictures of mango. So I was going to show him off. If you want to see him
0: always want to see mango, man,
1: let's show off the mango. And like, this is the problem is you see a King like mango, which is unlike any other King I've ever seen in my entire life. And you can't help, but want one, you know? And like, that's a bad picture. Let's be real.
0: I feel like any picture that, that even Henry posts of him, it won't do him justice. Like you no. really can't grasp the level of, of peach on the right.
1: animal. Right. So let me see. How do you make this full screen? I don't even know on this computer. That's how messed up I am. <laughs> God, you're all So old. I'm, I know. <laughs> so yeah, he is a majestic son of a bitch, isn't he? Mm hmm.
0: Growing and like, like freaking weed. Yes, Like it he was is. only like a week ago that he was that tiny little thing on the trash can lid.
1: Right. Well, I think I think Henry said that he's 16 or 17 months old, and he's already almost nine foot. Good God. Yeah. Um, so here's Anna Maria taking a, a a little up close and personal picture, and you can see that the pictures are a little deceiving. You know, because he looks bigger than he really is and in that photo he is easily eight plus foot but he's still not as gigantic as you know you'd imagine a a nine foot snake to be but i thought these pictures came out great she was super stoked about it and he's like why are you taking my picture with a little little half-ass hood (laughs) so get out of my room yeah and Anna Maria got the iPhone 13, so the camera is stupid amazing. <clears throat> so that's probably my favorite one in the set. And then the following pictures, actually, Anna Maria took, and I just saved them on my phone because they're just so great photos. Um, actually, this is this is cool. We'll play this.
0: Full screen shortcut, control, command, F. Okay, thank you. Control, command.
1: Can you guys hear Henry yelling in the background? No. Or no? Okay. It's just that skin looks Look. so velvety,
0: you know? <laughs> if I don't move, he can't see me. Yeah, exactly right. Maybe but, he'll think I'm a stick. So that's an Anna Maria photo. Yeah.
1: And you don't realize how orange his eyes are and how white his face is. That chin is just so white, you know? And then this is this is the showstopper picture right here. That's the one.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So They have uh, the, the angry eyebrows like Pichuovas do. Yes. Yes, they do. <clears throat> Perpetually disappointed in you. In me. Just that's how they look. Oh, yeah.
1: I was going to say, why are you perpetually disappointed in me? What did I do? (laughs) Oh, man. So that's cool. And then I'm just going to show you.
0: I might have to go get my slippers. My feet are actually getting kind of cold.
1: Well, here you can press. Let me screen share this. This is Underground's new room in the retail store with all the appropriate Venom labels. So we've got a black and white spitter, got some squams, a little purple mock action, some copperhead, blotch palm viper, which is funny because I guess when that animal was sold or traded in or whatever, it was actually supposed to be an hour fur, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> Because is clearly not an offer. <laughs> but it looks good. It looks crisp. It looks clean. I'm going to uh, I'm going to try and get some of the petbackdrops.com self adhesive backgrounds uh, to put in each one of those enclosures so that it doesn't look so so sterile. Even though even though there's some fake decor in there, uh, it just the black background kind of. I don't know. I feel like it takes away from what it could be, you know, but yeah, that's, uh, that's that. I'll tell you what, kids, it is very difficult when Justin leaves and not having the control features. I'm gonna have to update this, but yeah. And again, to anyone who's chiming in, listening in their car, our sincerest apologies for this uh, sloppy show. Uh, that's why you should, should be here live to see it and be disappointed in real time. Nice. Thanks. <clears throat> that's good. That's good. Oh, man. <laughs> Where are we at now, Bubba?
0: I got my slippers. We're good.
1: You did. Oh, look at you. Your little booties. Adorable. Adorable.
0: Oh man! I haven't busted these bad boys out in a hot minute.
1: Yeah, I actually, uh, I have one pair of quote unquote pajama pants that because I mean, when I'm home, it's basketball shorts, hands down, all year round. But for those six or seven really cold mornings we get in South Florida, I just bust out the pajama pants with the like Santa Claus cartoon animals on it. And uh, dude, it was hard to find them. You know, when you only wear something a few times a year, I had no idea where it was. Buried somewhere, yep. yeah. Yeah, l- literally, like, bottom of the sock drawer, folded nice and neat, you know? I mean, the last time I wore it was last Christmas. <laughs> so. But. The um, Billy Hunt has been having a, a hell of a pairing this season.
0: Yeah, just within the last couple of days, he's been pairing stuff up. Yeah.
1: I mean, I'm hardcore rooting for him. You know, he's got a ton of cool shit, man. Athertons and Novas and Liras.
0: Yep. Yeah, man, man, he's got some really cool stuff. It's got me itching to get back to to breeding condors again, man. I'm I'm fairly confident that that this time next year I'll have another, I'll have some ready to go. So well, good. As the seasons progress, it seems like the number of animals that are ready to go is increasing as well.
1: So, nice, good. I uh, I basically decided that I'm gonna wing it and throw my ijs together. Um, and then I realized that I had moved some tubs around and I don't know which ones which. It's supposed <laughs> to, it's one point two, um, and I'm pretty sure the male is the darkest one, but uh, I just. I just fed them so as soon as they all poop, I'll be uh, probing them and then hopefully we get another little cold snap like we had this past weekend and I'll throw them together. It's it's crazy, man, because they're the only carpets I have besides the my one female Darwin that's a runt. Um, they're, they're the only carpets I have that have the ability to really climb, um, mm-hmm. shy of normal tub height. And my house is the same temperature outside oh it's drastically different and do they know man they freaking know and I wake up in the morning and I go out and grab a cup of coffee and I see them and they're all sprawled out across the uh, uh, specialty enclosure designs arboreal perches Mm -hmm. and like that that's what made me think like man I should put them together you know I called Billy and I was like hey man are you starting to put carpets together and he's like yeah I did X Y and Z and I was like should I just put those those IJs together because I've had them for two years now. And because they're finicky eaters, they're very little growth at all. But in my opinion, they would be, they would be breeding in the wild at the size they are. Um, And they've got to be, they've got to be at least five or six years old. They have to be, but they're nowhere near the size of Billy's or Jake's. I mean, granted, Jake has some colossal IJs, but like looking at Billy's breeder females and
0: I think that's just more natural though. What like you, to me, like I'd be okay with having older animals that were also smaller because they weren't fed into oblivion, you know.
1: Yeah, no, I, I concur. I do. Um, I just I get weary because you know they, they look like they're only the size of a two year old, but they've got to be at least five you're
0: just gonna five. yeah i mean you're just gonna get a smaller clutch yeah yeah
1: so uh, as soon as they uh as soon as they relieve themselves and I can get a probe up in there i'm gonna throw them together see what happens and to be honest i kind of feel like and again this is me counting chickens before i have a farm but I kind of want to just let them do mi if they providing they stick to it Mm-hmm. You know, I have the incubator on standby ready to rock and roll. And uh, I don't know, man. I think I'm going to just let them do it and see what happens.
0: I definitely want to at some point with something, you know, be it condros or, or whatever. Um, I'm super curious to try that out. You know, just be. I know I like when I first read the condros I said I was going to and then I wimped out last minute. But I think it'd be especially cool uh, with the Ant hill pythons. Like, to me, that's, like, the coolest thing is the thought of, like, this tiny python wrapped around a tiny clutch of eggs. Yeah. I mean, I'll, yeah. I'll never bother with Antaresia again, probably, but that's just something to would be cool to see. Next time Julian has some. I want to see if he, if he does MI, I want him to take pictures.
1: Yeah, man, that would be a wild
0: ride. I think it would be awesome. The sinuses yeah, uh, are acting up for some reason.
1: I always wanted to see someone do a fake termite mound where, like, you could take the top off and look inside. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't understand why someone hasn't done it. Like, even if they built it, like, out of ceramics, you know, just, like, get some clay and cut it in half, you know, and let it fit back together. Um, I think that would be really, really cool to do anthills or children's or something like that. That'd be cool. So. Oh, man. The. um. Talking with Marcus and uh we're it's all of the so all of the serastes have all shed multiple times. They've all eaten copious amounts of times. Um, and it looks like we're gonna have more blue-spotted or gray spotted uh than we anticipated, which is phenomenal. Good. So now probably in the next uh, maybe next week or two. Um, I'm going to go down to his place and we're going to start to sort through them and figure out what's going to be a holdback, what's going to be a sell-off and kind of piece that together. So anybody who's listening, if you are curious about keeping Sarastis Sarastis and you're interested, uh, let me know and we will see what will be available. And uh, yeah, because all the animals are doing tip-top and now we have the uh the luxury of being choosy as to what we keep and what we let go so and i think we're gonna i don't think we're gonna do like one male and 10 females i think we're just gonna keep individual pairs and Mm -hmm. then and try and get the most likeness in terms of color patterning and whatnot that way if we have to swap males who cares you know um but i think it'll be good to have even pairs and then I may even try just leaving pairs together and just see how that
0: rolls. Do you yeah. know when, like, what time of year are they typically pairing up? Are they, like, yeah? I have winter a, breeders, winter breeders? Yeah,
1: I have everything um, written down. I don't have it in front of me. And to be honest, after tonight, my mind's fried. But I will say this. The... Internal gestation period is far longer than most, and then once the eggs are laid, it's only about a thirty-day incubation. Um, okay. Yeah, they don't do the. That's funky... kind of that's like the dions. Yeah, very, very, very similar to yeah. that. Um, and from <clears throat> what I gather, parents don't give a crap about babies, so whether the eggs hatch in the enclosure or not is kind of irrelevant. But where people go wrong is they assume that eggs would be incubated in the same environment that the parents are found and that's far from it and you know we talk about layers of microclimate we talk about uh, surface layer being the most hot the most arid going down a step a little more shade a little more humidity and then getting the next step down into more the loomy soil with a higher humidity and i all the people that i've seen that have successfully on purpose bred them in captivity they give them a lay box like you'd give a carpet or a condro or a, a rat snake, you know, with like
0: spag in it or something.
1: Yeah, like swag and, and uh, potting soil. And they fluff it up oh. with 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 play sand and which is crazy because I feel like I, I feel like you'd have to time it just right to know, OK, that female is going to drop within the next three days add my lay box because I feel like it's just so much humidity. that yeah. it, would, it would taint it the would rest of Yeah, it would cause problems. Yeah. So I don't know how I'm going to do that um, again. We're easily a year out from anything like that. We were basically going to skip this year and just go for 2022 into 2023. Um, but I think what I'm going to have to do is I think I'm going to have to make larger tub <clears throat> enclosures that are high heat with a a higher gradient so that the hot side is still you know yeah this hot side still 90 but the cool side is like 75 with the with the lay box so and who knows um I actually think I might try doing just spraying the sand with water like like you do with you know knobtails or some of the more arid gecko species um and just see if that works but unlike geckos, you can't check them every day and stick your fingers in there and sift through the sand. You got to pull I mean,
0: mom. You, you could, but you, yeah, right.
1: You, you could, but you wouldn't want to.
0: <laughs> Nothing saying you, you you can't. Yeah, right. There's a lot right. of stuff saying you shouldn't.
1: Yeah. So, uh, so that's that's on the horizon, man. I'm excited about that. It's a project that came out of left field, and we struck when the iron was hot. And uh, I think it'll be super cool to have some captive bred, you know, blue spotted serastes. I think it'd be awesome.
0: Yeah. I mean, especially if you guys sort of see it through like long term and sort of yeah line breed some stuff and see if you can really build upon that and sure, sure, make it extreme.
1: Yeah. I'm also eager to see the ratio of babies that are born uh, to develop horns because in Serastes, Serastes, and Serastes, Gasparetti, uh, there are individuals that are born without that horn scale. Um, and they have it. It's just not, it doesn't. Grow to be this giant yeah. devil horn. Um, and all of ours are horned, all of them. So, <clears throat> excuse me. And uh, I'm eager to see what the offspring is and see if it is an incubation thing or it's a, a weather thing in terms of what the baby, the neonate, had to deal with growing up. Because to the best of my knowledge, uh, they don't really have a legit horn until about their third or fourth shed. You really start to see it coming out. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: kind of like can... sidewinders like they don't get those like when they come out they look kind of bald almost and then over yeah guess that that brow sort of eyelashy thing yes. sort of starts to develop more yeah
1: <laughs> the only only difference being is that on like uh the serastes uh cortala serastes sidewinders it's a rosette of scale mm-hmm. it's like a little cluster that makes the horn while as on the serastes serastes it's one independent mm-hmm. scale um which is super cool because when they shed you can like play with the shed and it's it's like a bendy
0: the rhinos have that like they shed yeah. that, that nose scale and it's just it yeah. looks stupid as hell but it
1: <laughs> which i was actually going to ask too is on the uh langaha is that the same thing do they still have like a like a sock on their face when they oh, shed? I'm sure
0: yeah i'm sure yeah yeah I, I you know i haven't seen it yet i'm curious next time one of the rhinos goes in a shed i want to see how they go about getting that off you know what I mean? Like that's got to yeah. be a. I get well. I don't know. I mean, I guess if they start at that like that labial scale and lift up, it's going to come off just as it would anything else. I don't know. I, the bigger male just shed, and he looks really good. I posted pictures of him on Instagram two days ago. Yeah, I freaking love those snakes, man. I can't. I could talk about those things all freaking day. They're just, God, they're so much fun. They are. They're pretty everyone, cool. Everyone. Everyone needs some.
1: Well, I was just saying, I can't remember who it was. I was it might have been Jason Keller. And it's like all of my friends have rhinos, except for me. And I kind of I kind of don't want them now. On principle. Dude, they're <laughs> I, awesome. I might be missing out, but that's fine. mine mine live in their water bowls. See, and like that, see right there, that, that weirds me out, man, because like I'm so arid based now. Like, you got a snake that lives in water, I got a snake that lives in sand. <laughs> you know? So
0: Yeah, like I'll even drop a like a fuzzy in the water bowl and they'll eat it underwater.
1: Nice. Oh, speaking of stuff living in sand, so uh goods and tight. You're right. Yeah. Dying on me.
0: I think I'm allergic to this yeah. Coldwell.
1: Maybe. Oh, and by the way, uh, Bill Bradley, thank you very much for the uh, planter box recommendations. I'm going to screenshot that in a hot minute. Um, but my baby Telescopus obtusus are doing really well uh, just in general. Sure. Uh, the The patternless one will will eat a live blood pink if I leave it in there, which is good. Uh, yeah, Dustin Barons are pretty awesome I that I, it's crossed my mind.
0: Right, those are cooler.
1: Ah, I don't know man that blue barons man with the black braiding to it. Oof. Anyway, I digress. so and then but however, the female, which is the pattern one, has yet to eat for me. but I was watching one of my girdle tails sitting on a rock, and this is the this is the weirder that I am. I literally sat there and I was just watching her just sit on this rock just looking fat and happy just chilling and i noticed that she had this giant piece of skin hanging off of her back and i went to go like peel it off and that's a nightmare i shouldn't have disturbed her i should just let it fall off naturally but i got the little piece of skin off and i was thinking man i gotta do the switcheroo with the baby telescopus so i think what i'm gonna do is Yeah, I think I'm going to wrap a live blood pink in this piece of girdle skin and just like make like a little pinky burrito and just leave it (laughs) in there
0: like E.T. in the basket on the bike.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Verbatim. And I think that might actually work. And if and and if it doesn't work, I think I'm also going to steal some skin, too, and try and feed that freaking pyro because she still hasn't eaten either, which is crazy Mm. to
0: me. Any other
1: snake would be dead yeah. by now.
0: Yeah, man, I was I was telling the group, there was this one baby bairds out of the, the four that I hatched, or however many, mm-hmm. and that thing hadn't eaten at all. Like, I was giving it tails for a while, and then finally I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to leave you be. Maybe one day you'll come around. And sure enough, last week, dropped fed a Pinky, opened the tub, fully expecting that piggy to be in there still, because it normally is. Right. And it was gone. I nice. had a big one. So I was like, "Awesome!" And then today I fed again. Drop fed a pinky, once again gone. So for whatever reason, something clicked. Whether it's the weather change or something, I it think, could uh, be something we had mentioned, like barometric pressure dropping or something. Oh they, yeah, they know it's that time. So yep. Um. Hopefully that one continues because I was like, that thing was just—it was actually starting to it was getting thin. I was like, I fully expected to find that that thing dead, just because it just didn't take off. And it was one of those things where it's like, I put tails in it, and it eats them and and gobbles those down as soon as it's in its mouth. But you offer it a pinky or something, and it wants nothing to do with it, whether it was live or frozen thawed or you know, uh, washed. Yeah. Nothing was working, so I just said, you know what? If it happens, it happens. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The um. Dustin saying he's got gecko skin for me. If I want to try that, I appreciate that sincerely. I, I have coleonics shed. I have knobtail skin and I have uh underwater source shed that I've been saving for this, but I don't want to do it until like last resort. So I've tried everything. I've tried washing. I've tried boiling. I've tried braining, um, braining frozen thought. Of course, children don't get upset with me. Um, but I haven't really been pushing it either just because so many people say like pyros go the first six months of their life without eating. They get into winter and then they come out of winter and they come, come into spring, excuse me. And they're like, man, I'm hungry. So I'm kind of hoping that's what happens, but the pyros are in a rack that I'm not going to drop temp on. So I'm, I may just, I may just set them up in like critter keepers at room temp and just see if that simulates, you know, um, but I've said it once. I'm going to say it again. Uh, Dr. Crawdaddy gave me the coolest idea ever: flattened toilet paper rolls to make rock crevices. Mm-hmm. Dude, I could sit there and watch those king snakes for hours, just going in between the paper towel rolls. Like it's crazy. They they just know. They're like, oh, jagged rocks. I'm going to slither in between them. I love it. It's great.
0: I've been giving humid hides to all my like all the hatchling corns and beards and stuff. And yeah. they spend way more time in them than I honestly thought they would. Like I went and got to Do- I went to Dollar Tree and got some little like deli cups. Yeah. But like taller ones that were not as wide, but you know, a little taller and sure. Just cut a little hole in the center. And they're dude, they spend so much time in those things and it's been a I mean I haven't really had issues with sheds previously, but sheds are definitely flawless. Because you can tell when they're going into a shed, they spend almost all their time in there. They just they use them way more than I was thinking they would.
1: Yeah, that's great. The um, Anna Maria's Florida King uh, has had perfect, flawless sheds, and I actually just bought her a fairly large Exoterra that'll last that snake at least another year, if not two years. Um, and on Aspen hide cave halogen heat lamp and uh cork round water bowl and it had a horrible shed and i realized that her room is super duper dry mm-hmm. and when it was in a gasket tub before that the tub was keeping the humidity in and life was grand so right. i made her a humid hide out of a large deli and the thing just lives in there yeah so as soon as uh as soon as it soils that aspen a little more i think we're just going to switch to uh Cocoa husk or cocoa peat or something, and just try that because I don't want I don't want I feel bad I don't want the snake to have to always live in a humid hide. You know what I mean?
0: I don't know this individual though because one of my female corns she spends ninety percent of her time in her human hide. Really? Yep. Anytime I, it's it's rare that I open that tub and see her outside of that hide that humid hide box. Okay. So and then I have some that. You know, they're in and out of them fairly frequently, but they're not spending all their time in it. And right, but I could definitely tell they're using it because it gets all matted down, and sometimes the lids just popped off because they're they flex and yeah, bust it, bust their way out. Sure, sure. I need to figure out, I have to talk to Alan about the Ackies because there's I have questions and maybe you could answer them.
1: But what's up?
0: They have a, a human hide like a dig box, but it doesn't. I haven't. I've I've noticed them check it out, but I haven't seen them actually in there digging yet. And I wonder if that's just an older animal habit and not necessarily a younger animal habit.
1: Um, <laughs> the the box that you have—that's the digging box—is it a lid with a hole or is mm-hmm. it just open top?
0: No, it's a lid with a hole.
1: I would take the whole lid off
0: or it's meant to keep the humidity in there.
1: I know, but I would take the whole lid off and then monitor, you know, every morning and every evening, monitor how dry it gets and just add water appropriately and see if they dig in it. Because they may want to, they may want to dig a burrow or dig a little tunnel or a nook or whatever, but that one hole for them to go through, it may not occur. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But then again, I don't know if you want to be having to add water every day. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I, mean, I just added
0: like a whole control. cup of it to last to it yesterday. I think.
1: Okay. I mean, you could always do the toothpick test too. You know. Mm-hmm. So like like a like fresh baked brownies. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. I've had a lot of arid lizards dig in soil, regardless of how humid it was. Um. And like a lot of the girdle species, they'll dig out under rock and it doesn't have to be, how do I phrase this? It doesn't have to be humid soil for them to dig in it.
0: However,
1: mm-hmm. it has to be compacted enough that the rocks above them or the ground above them won't collapse. Right. Yeah. And I've noticed that too, with, with a lot of the knobtails, tails um, where they, they won't dig at all unless it's the right humidity level, simply because they don't want it to cave in on them, Mm -hmm. you know? So
0: maybe Bill or Dustin can chime in on that. I just, I wondered if it was a thing that you, like they started doing it more when they were older. It could be not necessarily something they did when they were younger, but uh, basically the options there. And I, I have seen the mail in there kind of cruising around, sort of checking it out. Um, I did notice some, what looked like the start of kind of a whole, like maybe one of them had gone in there and kind of started digging a little bit, but I expected them to spend more time in there than they than they have, but I don't know. And then as far as like the shed, I mean, do you just let them shed on their own or do I have to go in there and make sure the, like with the geckos, you had to make sure the toes and stuff are completely shed, otherwise they'd, they'd lose yeah. toes. And...
1: I've never, I've n- not yet had an issue with a lizard losing a digit to bad shed. I've had lizards lose a lot of digits because that's just nature of the game with certain species. You know, mom bites dad's toes and mm-hmm. sign of dominance and all that stuff. But, um, but as long I feel like as long as you're checking them on the reg, then I wouldn't worry about it. I mean, I like I said, I've never had it. Like, it's Gila monsters, Gila monsters are the worst for getting shit stuck around their toes. Mm-hmm. And uh, if I notice that she's gone into a shed or whatever, I'll just. Take a glance at her, and if I see she's got a wedding ring on, I reach in there and I pluck it off. You know, yeah. So, but then again, her feet are a lot bigger than your baby, baby Aggie's <laughs> yeah, yeah. baby Aggie feet, right? You may want to get like a, a a really really fine cuticle tweezer just mm-hmm. to kind of some of yeah, those so real Yeah,
0: exactly, exactly. I've also used like an X-Acto knife and very carefully. Um, it was on the tail, I think, of a Condor actually. Okay. <clears throat> And that worked as long as you're super careful and delicate.
1: Yeah, you just kind of shave, shave it a little bit. Yeah. But that is interesting thinking about like stuff that burrows and how it burrows and noticing things. Like, for example, you know, when you scoop kitty litter, the mm-hmm. wet clumps, even if they've dried, they still make like almost pieces of shale. They look like pieces of shale, flat stone. excuse me i've noticed the same thing with a lot of calcium sand so what i'll do is i'll spray a bunch of calcium sand that's in an enclosure knowing that it's going to rapidly dry out from the heating element or the lamps or whatever simply because it's gonna harden and until you like squeeze it and smush it it doesn't crumble it retains its shape so I know that you have uh, a soil and sand base with the Ackies, right? Yep. I would say, if anything, on the hot side of the cage, like where the the heat lamp is, spray that down like you're misting a tropical snake because you know it's going to evaporate that day, right? Mm -hmm. And then see how rigid and compact the soil gets and see if they like to dig into that that compacted soil because it had moisture and it was deprived of it kind of like the the black soil in australia the cracks yeah it's the same concept but obviously it doesn't retain the fissures like the australian stuff does but if i would be interested to see if that if they use that or if they if they like that you know
0: well the problem is is the so the front lip on that python portal setup is really shallow so there's not a ton like that's one of the reasons i gave them that box was because there's not a ton of dirt for them to burrow in and dig in yeah and so i gave them that box as a way to to scratch that itch if so if they wanted to yeah um, sure so if, if like wetting it down like that wouldn't wouldn't make a massive difference at least in the context of this once i move them into something bigger that's going to have a lot more dirt then they can do whatever they want you
1: know right <clears throat> And Nature Free You has joined the show.
0: Let's see. Bill said, in. only have an adult male Aki, but he's a tube slash crevice hider. I offer digging opportunities, but he only digs for bugs, drinks from his water bowl. I've never had him dig in the sense of seeking humid dirt that I've seen. So maybe it is. I know like females, it's it's a necessity because they like to dig and lay. So, I don't know. Like I said it's there. It's not taking up any any more space. You know, it's it's not a it's not a, in the way of anything. It's I just I was curious everyone talks about how much they dig and how much soil and substrate they need and these two were like no. Nope.
1: Yeah, I wonder how I mean, I'm trying to remember you know, Papa Burke and how he has his setup. And I don't think he has a a digging box, so to speak. I'm sure he'll add one because I know his are probably going to breed this year. But
0: yeah, whenever I get him moved over into something, I've been talking to Janet Blackbox about because she just got she got a baby ackee too. Not that like just before I got mine, and so I was telling her, you know, I'm I'm already planning what I'm what I'll need in the next probably year. Um and sort of getting an idea of how I want the design to be and, and seeing if if she can make, like, if they can design and put out something that's catered to Odatria, like smaller monitors and stuff that sure. has a nice deep substrate um, lip deeper than the, you know, the 7 or 8 inch that they have with their bioactive stuff, so. Yeah, yeah. I also wanted to, I, I was seeing if she had a way of taking one of their like four, uh, not four foot, but like six foot enclosures and splitting that up into three with just a light for rhino rats, you know, no heat. They don't really, they don't need the heat. So. Yeah, that would be cool. And that way I could just have, have them in something, even though I'm planning to have 3.3 at some point right now, I've got the reverse trio, but I got another pair coming from Burwell. And then I'm hoping I can hunt down another female and that I can get one from, from Stone at some point. So we'll see. Cool, man.
1: Good stuff. <clears throat> so speaking of
0: cool enclosures,
1: uh, Scott just reminded me, uh, I'm going to show off something he did for one of his critters. Actually, I'm pretty sure, Scott, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is for a tiger snake. Um, but he has joined the cool kids with this one. So we'll try and share this. Justin, if you don't mind.
0: I do. Well, fine, then. Is this a haunted house? Yeah. Are the snakes at a rave?
1: Yeah, snakes are at a rave.
0: Snakes on a rave.
1: I think that's so cool. So freaking cool. I mean, I don't even know what species I would use that with that I have. But I feel like I need to have that in my life one day. Like, just
0: too awesome, you know? I don't know. And that's similar to the one that we saw that they had. A, I think it was like for green trees or something. Uh, the zoo.
1: Yeah, I think. Yeah, it was. I think uh, it's the which which is the zoo in outside of Sydney. Sydney Zoo. I don't remember. New South Wales, <laughs> something or other. But they had it for an entire rainforest like wing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I'm pretty sure like every single day at like. You know, between two and four, it does that, and they have like a rain system. It just and...
0: replicated Florida. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly, exactly. It just replicated Florida, hundred percent. But now, because of global warming, it doesn't happen at two; it happens at four.
0: <laughs> so, so you know how Billy has his little tag system for keeping track of, like, if, when he has two animals together, he has two tags on the tub. Yeah, and like for feeding and stuff. Um, I'm doing something similar now because when I feed sometimes stuff doesn't eat and to make sure that I don't forget about you know, checking to make sure it got eaten. I'd got some of those binder clips. Right. But if you go to stables, they have them in like 10 different colors. You can get like red, yellow, green, blue, silver, whatever. And I got some red ones and I now have it so that I just put that, that clip on the, on the shim of that tub. Sure. And because it's red, it stands out. And so I, I started doing that today with, with some of the stuff to, um, you know I drop feed everything and then come back through and see who ate and who hasn't and whoever hadn't put one of those red binder clips on that tub so that in the morning I can check but I'm going to do that for like animals that are in shed that way I'm not thawing out mice and having to throw them out cuz some of the animals that I have when they're in shed they're just they're not going to eat right um so something similar to like what Billy was doing but a little more simplified um it's small stuff like that that I yeah, man. like you know, stuff that makes life a little bit easier. Oh it doesn't yeah, doesn't cost a ton of money. You could use post its, I guess, but yeah. But I feel like post its, like you're throwing away post its all the time.
1: Yeah, right? and you're constantly throwing away, like you said, and then this, the adhesive kind of fades too, especially with humidity in the room or the temperature of the room, and they fall off. And then you come in the room, and there's like six post its on the floor, and you don't know where each one went. You know what I mean? So I can see how that could get frustrating.
0: Cause I thought about doing the, the tag thing like Billy does, but then you have to buy those tags and you have to buy those same clips. Right. And I was like, I'll just buy these clips. You get them at, I think a pack of 15 at Staples was like four bucks. So, and I'm sure they're cheaper at Walmart. Well, I bought um,
1: again, Billy in mind because Billy hand writes everything. God bless him. Um, You know, I had those uh, feeding cars that you gave me and I, reverse engineered them and made my own mm-hmm. and printed them on cardstock. And I have them for most of the stuff that I want to keep an eye on. Like some of the stuff that I know it's going to eat. You know, like Mexican Black Kings. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're always going to eat. I don't have to remember what they ate. They're just going to eat. Um but like the calls and some of the carpets and the Sabac and stuff like that. I want I want to keep tabs on it, you know? Um so I bought it was like 8 99 for a hundred little baby binder clips just so I could clip the card onto the tub or the vision cage or whatever. But the problem is uh, you don't realize like it gets in the way. Yeah. And like, I get annoyed because now I have like this thing flapping. Yep. So now I just like stick them in between each other. But what I went up having to do, like when the ring calls, cause they're all in tubs, I had to write cause I'm not going to write their name on each tub per se, which I probably should. Um,
0: I just use masking tape for that.
1: Yeah, I I like something that doesn't
0: that doesn't leave adhesive and is easy to peel off and move around if I need to.
1: Right. So I use painter's tape, the same thing. I use painter's tape and I put their name on it because those are the only snakes I freaking named anyway. And uh and now if the card falls on the floor, I know which cuz mm-hmm. they do look very similar. I mean most of them are all unique, but I don't uh they're, they're not exactly humpback whales, if you get what I'm saying. Yeah. You know? So.
0: Yep, masking tape is your friend in that case. And I don't get the blue stuff. I get the, the like, tan. Yeah. Because it's hard to see. Unless you're using the metallic Sharpies or something on the blue painter's tape, it, it can be, especially as you get older. And your eyes, my eyes suck already as it is, so. Yeah. I use the well, lighter tape.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, I wound up uh, having yellow so I just yellow tape with a black sharpie; it stands out enough, you know.
0: And even if it's it's not even named or something, I just write if it's a male or female, and then you know, like that little corn snake I got from Chris. That's got like five different hats. Yeah, it's got those listed on it. And it's nice because then if I end up upgrading it to like a fifteen court I can just peel that piece of tape off and slap it on the new tub, and exactly, exactly. Don't have to fight with it, and oh yeah. It's the little stuff, man. It's the little stuff, <clears> hundred percent. <throat> the
1: well, uh, I was gonna say something about hooks, now I forgot. Um, man, what was I gonna say? Oh, so having the right tool for the job, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I know we've talked about that—that that, uh, Venom Life Gear rack tool, the drawer puller. I have been using that rack tool for so much stuff and I poo-pooed it in the beginning. It was the best $30 I ever spent because I use that thing as much as a snake hook, if not more, probably more, you know what I mean? Just because I don't use the snake hook to pull the drawer open anymore. I use the the, the rack tool and do double, double hooking snakes with it, you know, sliding water dishes towards myself you know, flipping over hide boxes, all that stuff, man, that, that, that rack tool, I cannot speak highly enough about it. And uh, when I was doing this big overhaul cleaning everything, I even used it. I'm I'm short and I have short arms. I couldn't get some poo on the back of the cage. So I wrapped a paper towel around it and I used that to (laughs) kind of scrape off the, you know, the goo on the back. So I just, I thought that was awesome. You know, Scott sent me an awesome video of, uh, he gave me a little private tour of his venomous room. And uh he's like, Yeah, there's a snake hook here, snake hook there, can't have snake hooks. He's like, Oh, and by the way, here's the tool wall, Phil. And dude, it's 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 like the armory of a SWAT team. It's, it's like amazing. John
0: Wick, if he has yes, snake tools.
1: Yeah. Exactly. If John Wick was a snake guy, that's what it looked like. It's, it's it's my favorite part of the room. I love it. So, and he was actually telling me about. Um, he did a big Midwest order because obviously it's an arm and a leg to get right. stuff from here over there. Make it worthwhile. Yeah. And uh, he got... Um, man, now I can't remember what the hell it's called. It's a set of grabber tongs. Um, but they're small. They're very small and thin. And they have a very, very, very sensitive trigger because it's meant for fine... Mm-hmm. fine- tuning and such. Um, let's see if I can find it. Midwest tongs pro series, mini machined tong. So this is definitely on my Amazon wishlist. Um, let me try and screen share. So Scott's using these for, uh, smaller lapids that
0: are oh yeah I saw those
1: not gonna ride a hook that well but you could see it literally has a a, a firearm size trigger on it with a, an actual pistol grip mm-hmm. and he's saying that the the amount of pressure I mean it literally says it's a one pound trigger pull the amount of pressure that's used can be feathered and he says that the head is thin enough that you could pick up the daintiest of snakes and I'm I'm really contemplating, you know, picking up a set of these just to try them, and you can see how it's it is perfectly machined, mm-hmm. you know. What so, are they
0: asking for them?
1: Uh, they're a hundred dollars for the twenty-seven inch and one hundred and fifteen for the thirty-seven. Hmm. So, I think honestly, I think I'm going to do the twenty-seven inch because even though it's putting me in a closer proximity to the animal, um, I feel like the thirty-seven might be too. Cumbersome. cumbersome yeah mm-hmm. yeah a little too clunky a little too clunky uh the one thing i am curious about which it i don't think it specifies on here but johan murai from the african snakebun institute always says that the the front tooth of a tong should be no less than 64 millimeters because if it's less than 64 millimeters you'll pinch the snake mm-hmm and people always worry about, you know, cracking ribs or pinching skin or, or, or pinching muscle. And it. I mean, I don't know. There's The scale of this is difficult, but I don't know if that is 64 millimeters. It looks awfully short. It probably looks like it's about 40, maybe 50 millimeters. Um, but then again, the animals that you'd be picking up with this, be that as it, it may, would be dainty. And I don't right. imagine you would need such a lot because, like, let's be real—you're not going to use this on a, you know, eight-foot Mamba. You yeah. Know? You know, they have gentle giants and, and M1s for that. But these things, you know, I'm very, very interested to see how these work and see how they are. I also, I wish they said how how heavy they were too, because I feel like something that's so fine-tuned, you'd want it to be incredibly light. Yeah. See, weight and dimensions are NA. Oh well. But yeah, that's on my Amazon wish list. So
0: I'm kind of surprised no one's made something similar but modified to where that bottom bracket is like concave. Like a spoon? For gra- no, like instead of being vertical, that bottom one is like meant to go under or around like the lip of a water bowl with that front tooth to be able to oh, okay. water bowls out of,
1: out of tubs and stuff. Sure. Sure. And uh, my correction, Scott says that he is using it for feeding and not handling, but he does say it is amazing. He says, we don't tend to use tongs for handling personally. So that, that makes sense.
0: I don't really see people using tongs to handle much anymore. Anyways, it seems like a lot of people that have them, they use them for feeding. Like, no, I don't, I don't see people using tongs. Actually. Yeah. Yeah
1: at least not in captivity. I know the the <clears throat> most that I see tongs used is in southwest US for rattlesnake removal just because mm-hmm. it's easy get in get out. The snake's okay, the humans okay, you know. Um and sub-Saharan Africa. I mean, they love their pilstrums in sub-Saharan Africa. That's like a it's like a cultural thing for them. So,
0: excuse me. It is 55 degrees in this garage right now. I think oh. we might have a winner. Envious. I mean, for cooling and stuff. I just have to figure out a way to, like, if it ends up being, like, an abnormally cold night as we get deeper into winter, figuring out a way to offer at least a little heat to kind of make up the difference.
1: Yeah, you're saying if it's 45, you want to bring it up to 50? Yeah. Well, you can get um, one of those 150 or 100-watt 100 uh, ceramic heat emitters for inside of a conventional heat lamp dome, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, I have two of them. I, I have two 100-watt ceramic heater heat emitters in a uh, ZooMed double dome that hangs off of a shelving unit in my room to just perpetually radiate heat. I mean, obviously, I turn it off in July and August because it's hot as hell as it is. But like that thing runs; it's it's been running since August. Like I don't turn it off.
0: You know, I'll get I'll probably get like a black sheet or something to put over the stack, um, and then maybe like hang a light from this little rack shelf thing that holds all these empty tubs, and have it like positioned high enough to where it's gonna keep that spot around you know that 55 mark but sure sure i don't know i gotta I, I gotta figure it out I, I don't i'm not gonna do the the closet again this year i don't think it's, i don't think it gets cold enough so
1: yeah i mean the garage seems like a much better choice in that regard i just i don't like using actual lamps for something like that because if i want to run it all night long i'm emitting light you know what i mean mm-hmm. as Well, as the well sling- i
0: thought about getting like a red bulb or something okay yeah that'll work but those also burn out. It feels, it seems like in, in no time. So maybe a heat emitter is a better way to go, like the lower watt yeah. possible.
1: And you don't even need the lowest watt possible, man. I mean, because remember, your garage is gigantic. You know, you would probably need, I mean, two of those things at night might bring the room up a few degrees, if that. But if it's cold enough, it's, you need like five or six of them. So I wouldn't worry too much about it.
0: I don't know. I'll have to, I'll have to get a, Get some and start playing with it. I want to get that figured out now rather than later. Right, right.
1: So Vic says he's sending all his snakes up to you for the season, yeah. just for just for the season.
0: So I wish I just had a like a cooler like Billy was looking at that you could just set it to fifty five and throw them in there and be be done with it.
1: Well, I mean, I have my one wine cooler, but. It was supposed to be from 45 to 60, right? Mm-hmm. It won't go below 47, but at the same time, it won't go above 49.
0: Yeah, they're so well insulated. Yeah. You know, that's that's kind of a, the tricky part is there's not a whole lot of wiggle room. Yeah. And then making sure the actual temperature module thing is accurate. Right, right. No? Yeah. I need to get it, another incubator it, too, because that if I'm if I have as as many clutches as I'm thinking I'm going to have, my one incubator isn't going to cut it. It's not going to be enough. Yeah. So
1: We'll see. Might be time to invest, my friend.
0: Oh, yeah. I was going to talk to Jen at Blackbox about Possibly seeing what they could do. She's mentioned in the past them toying around with the idea, of maybe trying to see if they could they could come up with something. But I don't know what the status is on that. So okay, that they're not making incubators right now; they're just making cages
1: and yeah. Racks? yeah.
0: Okay. Okay. But then Jake also said that he, I could probably use his sea serpent's one because he said he didn't think. He'd need it because I don't think he has really anything planned except for maybe a pair or two of something. I forget what. But
1: how big is his e serpent's one?
0: It's like the smallest model, but he oh. still he said it can still hold like eight six quart shoe boxes. Oh, all right. Well, that's pretty pretty damn good. But if I'm doing the you know the Colubris and stuff, then I'm gonna <clears throat> probably just do those systema boxes and and do smaller incubation boxes rather than the you know a bigger like shoe box yeah
1: Andy says maybe pump some air in with an aquarium pump into the main chamber to get it above 49 not sure it would pump enough so that was a thought. The only problem with that is it's got the magnet door because it's meant for wine. So mm-hmm. the only thing that I could get in there appropriately was a ExoTerra hygrometer and therm- and the probe thermometer from a uh, Bavarian electronics probe. So I got those in there. Um, the problem was because I figured if I left it If I let it go down to 47 all night, that's no big deal. But if I could get it to turn off and then it would naturally raise to say 65 or even 70 during the day and then drop again at night, that would be awesome for what I wanted to use it for. The problem is I didn't have a night drop module for the ve 200 that I was using. So I had to basically put the uh, chiller on a timer. So that means it's turning on, getting cold, turning off, thawing off thawing out excuse me and then starting the cycle over again and i was too worried that it was gonna it was gonna mess up and uh, i was worried about busting a coil and electrocuting an animal or some i don't know. i got i get paranoid and get lost into my own self when i think about shit like that i need to just get an actual chiller that's meant specifically for this and kind of go from there you know <clears throat> i'm talking to some other people that have done similar rigs to what i've got um they just left the animal at the correct temperature, whether it be 55 or whatever. And they left it there for the whole season or 90 days or however long it was supposed to be. But again, me being in my own head, I think that I really want to try and at least get it to peak a little bit during the day, midday, you know, noon or two o'clock, something, and then chill back out just to kind of simulate the earth getting a little warmer during the season Because none of the stuff that I have is going to definitively go into hibernation per se. So, Uh, so Scott just sent me a video of his new LED UVA and UVB. So let's get that up and running because that sounds awesome. Justin, if you would be so kind, sir. So here we have a measuring stick with the light at the top. And Scott's going to use his UV index reader at the bottom here to gauge the distance of the ultraviolet. That is not the right video. There we go. So four hundred mil seven. Wow, wow, that thing's cooking. Very cool. Yeah, I'm I'm really interested in them. I'm eager to see how well they do. How many how many how many people jump on the bandwagon, so to speak, and kind of beta test it for me (laughs) so but I think that would be really great because now I can put that in damn near every single enclosure and it's killing two birds with one stone it's illuminating the enclosure for me and it's giving the animal a UV benefit so the
0: future is now
1: future is now. Damn it. Huh. So, I say that in the Snakes and Stogies Facebook group, we do a poll for the uh, 100th episode of What It Should Be. Because I have a few ideas in my head. Um, I don't want to say them just yet on air. But I have a few ideas on our in my head and I'll, I'll message them to you and we can discuss it and then put a poll up and let the people kind of choose what we do for our hundredth episode.
0: You've got two weeks to figure it out. I know.
1: Right. I know. So crazy. And, uh, and we're going to try and have um, Jen on next week.
0: Uh, that's the plan. Yeah. Awesome. 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 Good stuff. She was at the Columbia show over the weekend. So she said, Next week, she has nothing going on. Nice.
1: she tell you any of her acquisitions from Columbia or no?
0: No, I think she was there more on work than anything else. Oh, okay. More on business rather than pleasure. Fair enough. Well, is there anything else
1: you want to cover tonight, my friend? I don't think so. All right. Well, forgive me, listeners and or viewers, for my intermittent abilities in the beginning of this show, but
0: uh, pull it around. If if you made it this far, congrats. Yeah, if you made it this far, you're a friend
1: (laughs) and you're doing it only because you're a nice person. (laughs) So. But,
0: yeah. (laughs) Episode 100, Live with Mango. Yeah, if you want, we'll do it.
1: (laughs) Just Mango sitting there staring at the monitor for two hours. (laughs) Uh but yeah um check out Puget Sound Pythons. Yes. Cuz they're amazing. And they're the uh Gendra's not present this evening cuz they're at a, they're, they're on a little mountainous adventure. So I'm sure we'll hunt humans. About that. Yeah, Sasquatches.
0: Chupacabras.
1: <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> and uh don't forget to check out the Instagram for the venom exchange radio
0: that's right gotta stay up to date yeah when things become available
1: yes yes
0: yes yes anything else nope everyone have a good morning good afternoon good day good night whatever it is whenever you may be listening to this um we love you who
1: you got on thp
0: i think it's gonna be a one-on-one this week word i figured we'd we'd kick it this week and just kind of
1: chill sounds like a plan man i
0: don't know what we're going to talk about but we rarely do ahead of time so
1: (laughs) such as the thn way
0: that's right if it ain't broke no need to fix it unless it's your computer in that case please get it
1: (laughs) right exactly and that's the whole concept of having a spare always have a spare for everything
0: Yeah, I was kind of freaking out because when I had to pretty much reset this one and do everything over again, I was like, I hope I can get this working again before Monday. Because it was telling me when I reinstalled the operating system and it's the new one, it's Monterey. It was like, oh, this will be done in 17 hours. I was like, oh, my God. 17 hours? Yeah, I don't know. And it finally, I left it on one night to do its thing and Katie freaked out. Because in the middle of the night, I guess Siri started talking and Katie thought we were there was a home invasion occurring. So oh my god. She tried to wake me up, and apparently I replied to her, and I have no recollection of that at all. So that'll happen. That'll <laughs> She's like, happen. Justin, there's someone in the kitchen. I was like, no, there's not.
1: <laughs>
0: Dead asleep. It's just Soma. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's been many oh, okay. days without an escape in the Ganyasoma department. Thank you.
1: <laughs> yeah, you should buy stock and shims.
0: I keep like 50 on hand now. Can good enough. Double them up. Fuck it.
1: Everything's working fine now, though. Good, good. Still got that door
0: sweep? Yep.
1: Good. Excellent. Excellent. Good.
0: Now everyone else is losing snakes, and we can see who's laughing now. (laughs)
1: Yeah. All right, children. All right. Next week. Bye. Bye.